More on the iPhone customer repair experience, the iPhone's 15th anniversary, and Apple regains the top spot in brand recognition. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance. Learn more at ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. We pick up this Mac Voices Live conversation right where we left it last time, in the middle of a conversation about the iPhone customer repair experience and how Apple is handling it. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that, I mean, we, we've all talked about whether or not the actual blog posts themselves are, are worth their, their salt, and usually they're not. Um, no offense to the writers out there. But to me, it's, it's more of the idea of all of all of the self-service stuff that they've done. I mean, if you, everything that Apple does is a production. You go to an Apple store, they're like, we're going to teach you how to use your iPad. We're going to teach you how to use photos on iPad. And you got somebody with a Tony Robbins set up with the headset mic and the whole thing. And they're walking up and down. Like, if they're willing to put that much time and energy into, hey, this is how you open the Photos app. Here's how you hit edit. And here's how you rescale and add some filters. They could bring their technicians out and say, we're going to talk about what it looks like to actually repair your phone. We're going to talk about why we want to charge $1,200 as a rental and why it's so important to ensure that you're doing these things right, whether it be, you know, keeping waterproof, you know, seals, maintain the warranty, whatever, whatever they're choosing to do. The thing is, they didn't. And when everyone, quote unquote, put them on blast in the press, they, they did the thing that they tend to do, which is just be quiet, which not a bad strategy, but that leaves space for them, for people to to write posts like this, to write outlandish posts or posts that don't necessarily solve a problem. They're just highlighting all of the the big key people are going to be upset about issues. And that's where I just say, I, I me being a person who had to learn the hard way, had to learn with the YouTube videos, had to get a heat gun, had to mess up a, you know an iPhone or two. It would have been great had I been able to say once a month, once once a quarter even, be able to sit down at an iPhone store and say, we're going to take some busted iPhones that got returned that we can't do anything with, and we're going to show you why it's so important to do these things step by step and what it looks like to go through that process. Knowing that you can't scale that up into any meaningful business that's going to compete with Apple. So just just do it because the press on that looks a thousand times better than I had to, you know, spend twelve hundred dollars to rent some equipment, and ultimately they threatened me to to charge me after seven days, whether that's true or not. You know, I, I, yeah, Apple, Apple could do all of that, but I don't see that they get any benefit because I read this article and I figure, okay, this this guy's just a, this is this is a, this is a clown. This is a humor piece. This is, you know. I dare say, is this another one of you know the disguised New York Times critical hit pieces on Apple, uh, you know, which you know <laughs> they have been unfair to Apple in the past, you know. So uh, I don't know what the motivation is behind you know, the writer. You know, I'm not I'm not like some of the political pundits who can tell people's motivation by which party they are in. You know, all I would say is 
I thought it was an interesting piece. And I thought it was a reaction that Apple's been under so much pressure for so long about repairability you know, from iFixit and everybody else that they offered something up. And this is, hey, world, this is the unintended consequences of what you want it. You know, if you want it, you can get yourself into a position where it's way more complicated, takes way more time, costs way more mo money to fix something than just going to Apple or an Apple partner and get it fixed right the first time. It's sort of like, you know, there's so many, there's so many uh, people on YouTube have put together videos, you know, to the mainstream, I fix it, you know, responded back saying, Hey, is this, this is the end of I fix it. Right. I mean, you, you can get your iPhone battery replaced through iFixit probably cheaper than you can doing with this kit. Um, I mean, you have many other bloggers have, have done videos that say this is this is a waste of time. It's a, it's a lot of work. And a lot of times people have said they've broken what they've tried to get out because, you know, trying to get the adhesive out from trying to move the screen. I mean, there's just so many variables. Yeah, they give that Apple's providing these machines, but it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It absolutely makes no sense to do this. And I understand the article is just trying maybe a little bit of clickbait trying to get people to to read read about this but uh there's there's plenty of others that did some good good, good even in the YouTube videos uh that, that just basically proved that yeah Apple's doing it because of all the pressure about having repairs but that they're not, not providing repair kits but now at least now they're doing it and then you can't say that they didn't try and and the repair, the the repair managers are there so you can go back and you can read them so Brad in the chat room says people are not used to uh, used to what is involved to do the right job. The, these tools are the same as what the Apple people use. Um, I can't speak to that because, but I'm going to assume that that is correct because it it would not make a huge amount of sense to create tools to send out to folks. Well, Apple you know, says they are the, the ones tools. that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So yeah. So so here we go. And you know, usually I'm the one that's calling out the clickbait pieces, but I'm kind of glad that somebody did this uh, because you know. I think the message needs to be that yeah, if you if you're a geek and you want to play around with this, here's here's what it's going to cost you, and here's what may go wrong. But here's what to expect. But if you're not, this is not just uh, going down and you know changing the fuse in your fuse box, if you even have fuse boxes anymore. Um, you know, it's it's like you know I oh. this is yeah sorry, um, my the metaphor was there, Jeff. I just didn't modernize it. Hold, hold on, Chuck. I'm getting a call from my rotary phone. Um, Thanks, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sitting on top of the ice box. Yeah. I, you know, my recollection of this from a month ago, because this is May 25th, and it did get a lot of pushback. And he was like, you know, why is Apple sending me you know, 200 pounds of stuff as if Apple didn't tell him? You know, I, I felt like he was really misrepresenting as if. You know, Apple is claiming, oh, you you know, you can save money by getting this kit. Apple doesn't say that. I, I don't think they say that at all. He he set up a straw man and knocked it down. And, you know, I think it's kind of too bad we're giving more time to this article. Jim, I don't but feel actually, bad. Actually, I, I mean, the, the, the discussion I had, I think uh, uh, David touched on it, which is yeah, Apple... As we all know, Apple never admits they have ever made a mistake, but they do respond. And I think we're seeing this, you know, that they are responding. I voiced that, you know, David has said he kind of agrees with it. What about you other four? Do you think that this is, you know, you know Apple responding to years of, you know, repairability, you know, criticism? Well, sure. They're, they're worried about legislatures forcing their hand. 
I, I love the pettiness of, of Apple here. Like it, it is very much a we don't want to do. I mean, we you could replace this with like John Deere and like. Again, people have very valid reasons as to why things are expensive to make properly or to repair properly. I get that. However, anytime there's a law that's like, now you have to do this, but they don't define any of the parameters and a company says, all right, we'll do it to the to the full extent of the law and not a step further. And honestly, it's it's fun to watch companies get petty like that at times. It does it come at a cost? Yes. Again, Jay, I'm not, well, Jay, the law doesn't require. Jay, I'm not sure yet, I understand. But, I think it. but there, but there that, are policies. Oh, there are lobbyists. There are a lot Apple of different. Apple is worried that yeah. there will be a law, and they're trying exactly. to cut that off. So, and they can, and they can even say. We have a repair program. Now there's no reason to make a law. That, no one's going to look into the yeah. program. <laughs> but even if they look into the program, that you know, they can find out that this is not something that's easy to do. Yeah. This is, so, this is what we do. This is what we pay people good money to do. Yeah. You know, so Right. It's on the Nimrods in Congress who think, oh, how difficult can it be to replace a battery? Well, <laughs> you know. Well, this, but, you know, I think – this New York Times article made it sound like this was a scam on Apple's part, and I don't think that's. Well, I correct. think that was. I think, uh, I think that was the. I, again, I I don't know if that was uh, Brian X Chen or if that was the editor at the Times, you know, adjusting the headline and other copy. Because as we know, it's uh, you know many hands touch uh, the final words that we actually read. Well, whatever, but that's what the the result was. It was presented as Apple's come out with this scam. Um, and I, you know, like what Jay was saying, this could be a great program for some somebody that has a bunch of things where they could do this once a month or once a quarter, and you know, in their week they could fix ten phones. That might well be, you know, worth doing. Yeah, it's probably not a very good way to fix one phone, but you know, well, whoever. You, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. I was pretty much done. Well, just okay. So, whoever wrote the last paragraph, and Mark, I think you're right. You know, we we tend to blame writers, and sometimes it's the editors that deserve the blame. But the next to last paragraph says, "But the entire experience was far from simple, and even for those who try, Apple exerts too much control by requiring approval of its repairs. If we install Apple parts like a working screen taken from another iPhone, they should work. Period. Okay, that sounds really good, and that sounds very idealistic." And it also sounds really, really naive for anyone that has worked in technology or, or played with technology at all. You know, parts are not just necessarily interchangeable. And by the way, yes, Apple wants to have it certified so they don't have to deal with you calling up because you screwed up the repair and then want them to help you. So, and the thing, the no one thing would I ever do that. Jim, <laughs> Jim's right. <laughs> but Chuck, to your point, I think the thing they were really talking about was, and Apple's had this, you know, many times over the past couple of years, is the secure enclave and authentication, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, just to make sure that it's not just some hacker that who's you know, who's changing things uh, and trying to break into a phone. So, you know, earlier on in the article, he describes a sequence of actions that he needs to go through. Yes, they're clumsy. You need to call Apple and, you know, have a chat or I chat with, you know, one of their techs. But 
it's you know it I think it's defensively part of their whole privacy thing of they're not just going to let some guy you know buy some parts and you know steal the president's phone and uh, you know get access to uh, you know all the contact information of world leaders and I'm you know fictionalizing in order to illustrate a point. Yeah, but Mark, you know, it's I think you've hit on a key point here. That, that I would like to educate people and, and have them remember that there are a lot of different facets to something like this. In, in Up to this point in the discussion, we haven't even touched on the security issues or the privacy issues of giving someone access to your phone. Or the liability issues when ultimately you try to sue that company for giving you the things that set your house on fire, even though you did it wrong. Amen. Amen. Exactly. So... You know, I, I, I mean, I'm glad you brought this up. I had not seen this uh, for somehow I missed it. It sounds like everybody else was familiar with it, but I'm glad you brought it up, Mark, because I, I think it, it deserves a little bit of attention and a little bit of, bit of discussion. And listen, if you're a geek and you want to crack your iPhone, by all means, go and rent this, rent this uh, kit from Apple and have at it. You know, but then don't blame Apple or any of us when we didn't say we told you so. If you know, if you want to poke around the guts of it, that's fine, but. I'm not sure that the rest is realistic. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a high tech electronic version of a plumbing project, and anyone's ever had to do plumbing, you know, it's great. There's so many different standards for parts, <laughs> and what seems like a simple job, you know, turns into an entire Sunday afternoon, and uh, you know that's why professional plumbers are worth every bit that they charge you. Yeah. Well, and one other thing I did want to bring up, I thought about it earlier as I was listening to you all talk. Um, if I take my Honda in for service, you know, I pretty much have to take it to a dealer now because they're going to plug in the, the computer system and take a look at it and let it diagnose itself. If I crack the hood open and start poking around, I'm not going to know what, what's going on in there. So if I want to repair my Honda, should I should I expect that they're going to send me or allow me to rent? you know, a computer to plug it in so I can do the diagnostics and figure it out. I mean, that may not be a third parties can get those computers. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure they can party places that can get it. I'm sure they're a third party iPhone repair. (laughs) I'm not sure. Are there now? I I thought the recent models because of, you know, the, the touch ID sensor and stuff and, you know, that you couldn't do that what you used to do anymore. I don't know about recently, but I, I know when Touch ID first came out, there was there were a lot of things about the fingerprint sensor being tied to uh, the actual motherboard and it being a hardware thing. So, and I've had this moment where people crack their their fingerprint sensor, and it's just like you got to replace the phone at that point because otherwise you're you're doing more swap than it's worth. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to give um, I'm going to give Brad the last uh, word in the chat room. He says this is Apple's version of scared straight. <laughs> Great point, Brad. Great point. Um, let's see the next the next item on the agenda. David brought this one, um, and somehow I missed this. That this is an anniversary of the iPhone, David. It is fifteen year uh, fifteen years ago, June June of two thousand seven. The first iPhone was uh, introduced. Uh, Steve Jobs on the on stage, and uh, yeah, I thought this was uh, actually June's when it shipped, isn't it? Yeah, when it shipped. 
because yeah, it was June, it was June twentieth. So the stage it was, it was show was in January. January, right? But it didn't yeah. come out until June. You couldn't right, get right. your hands on one until June twenty June twenty ninth was tomorrow as we record this. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Zocdoc. Find doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. If you're a fan of it, sushi is incredible. But gas station sushi, not so much. Finding the right sushi makes all the difference. The same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you, in your network, and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard, even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. If I need a quality doctor, ZocDoc is where I go. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc. Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MacVoices. ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting this week's Mac Voices. But uh yeah, it's 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 just uh, wow how 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 long we've uh, come with the iPhone here. And uh and the article even mentions uh, the fact that uh, uh when you're selling an iPhone, the, the prices just seems that they seem to hold their value pretty well. I mean, I don't, you don't see that with, uh, uh, with a, uh, with an Android phone or any other smartphone for that matter. I think the resale value on an iPhone is probably far superior, uh, uh than, uh, uh, than any other phones that are out there. So, uh, but now we think back, I mean, I pretty much owned every single iPhone. I mean, you could look the little picture behind my wall here. I got a, I got a chart just to kind of remind myself of who, uh, which iPhone I've owned, I've pretty much owned every single one of them on that on that chart, maybe for the exception of the, the very first model I didn't buy because it just was a little bit pricey for me. I chose not to, but I started with the 3G and all the way up to the iPhone 13 Pro Max. So uh, it's it's been quite a ride with the iPhone. I think it's obviously the most profitable of, of any device that Apple's had, and I think Apple will continue to evolve with it. And yeah, it's a ha- happy to celebrate 15 years. This is a fun. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Say I bought the first one about three months after it came out, and I thought I was late to the party. Yeah, we were because it pretty much was obsolete after a year (laughs) because it came out the next model. I used it for more than a year. I think I used it last long time. Maybe they had three G service. I think it was. Yeah, this is a fun article. If if. If you aren't familiar with the history of iPhone or if you're relatively new to it, because they've embedded the videos of Steve Jobs' introduction. They've embedded the video I see here of Steve Ballmer's reaction, which, <laughs> you know, which, uh, uh, yes. we don't care about that. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that I mean, was awesome. Yeah. So this this, this just, just just a flat out fun article. Um, but, you know, it, it we talk a lot about how Apple devices have changed the world. But the iPhone really, really. I think has to lead that pack just if for no other reason than just the sheer number of them that are out there, that the people that have adopted them and, and made them their own. I mean, the whole mobile 
mobile device thing was one category, but the iPhone itself, you know, made that category. I, I mean, it was it was creeping up there a little bit with BlackBerry, but the iPhone took it to a whole new level. Yeah. Oh, it did. It did. It was. It's just, just an amazing device. I, I can never not have an iPhone until they stop making it. I'll continue to use my old one until until it dies. But the, do you hold on to your old models, Dave, or do you? No, uh, I, I trade them in every year. I'm on the I'm on the trading program, so I'm pretty much renting my iPhone every year. <laughs> I have all my old ones. I still have my original one. Yeah. No, I've I've sold the boxes and too. In every single model. Yeah, I don't have. Other than I have a 10R and a 13 Pro Max. That's but I don't get new ones every year. I think I only had a one, four, six, nine, and eight, which is what I, I still saying. have. Yeah, I talk and about them every week. I have to have the I have to have the latest one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you about to do, Jim? Then you know, for the 14. I, I will probably buy a 14 the day it comes out, which I've never done before. But well, to be Jim, fair, no one's bought a 14. Yeah. Jim, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I've never bought, phone. I've never ordered a phone on the day it came out, but I probably will. I have, and the experience is overblown, especially when you run into a problem. Well, I, my, the, the uh, NFC reader has failed on my phone, and I use that to, to, for my glucose meter. So that's kind of sucks. I really would like a new one, but I don't really want to buy a 13 now and that one's so soon. So I think I will just buy it when it comes out and try to get it as soon as I can. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what models are everybody running now? David? Well, you already know me, 13 Pro Max. Yeah, 13 Pro Max. Jim, you said you're, you're an eight. Yeah, it's the big one. Eight. Right plus or whatever eight plus yeah yeah jeff i'm on a 12 pro okay Trevor. jay are you on an iphone 12 what, what is what is this <laughs> <laughs> well you're mr microsoft i, so I feel attacked no i just had what, to is that passive aggressive i'm not <laughs> sure he's using a zoom i'll have you know <laughs> i i i attended the most recent mac power users meetup and I think people talked more about iOS devices than they did Mac devices the entire time. So I I am using a 12 mini and like Jim, I will probably buy a new device on day one, uh, mostly because battery life is starting to take its toll. And I don't have $1,200 to loan uh, to Apple for a week. So we'll, we'll see. I, I saw Jay's iPhone. He definitely has one. Oh, so you can confirm your, your his uh, backup, <laughs> your his backup confirmation, and 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 he is also my alibi. <laughs> Slander, <laughs> Mark. How about you? Uh, Twelve Pro Max, and uh, I had that for a long time. Before that, I had an iPhone uh, Seven. So um, mm. they're great. You know, we got into COVID and other things, and uh, the thing that. Uh, you know, kicked me over the goal line last year, even though it was in mid cycle was, uh, you know, was that uh, vacation I alluded to and, uh, that beautiful picture of the Stanley hotel behind me was taking on that, uh, on that phone. So for me nowadays, it seems like it's more the capability of the camera 
uh, and getting enough generations of improvement, you know, then necessarily the processor speed or improvements in, uh, uh, you know, other aspects of the phone. Although, you know, better, bigger, better, brighter screens are you know, certainly uh, desired, but, uh, you know, the, all the processor power, you know, to me, that's, you know, 18 billion, 20 billion transistors. Who cares? You know, <laughs> what's a couple billion transistors in the phone between oh. friends? <laughs> yeah. I know so when I went from the six to the eight, I was pretty thrilled with how much faster it was. That that was a pretty significant jump for you. Yeah, yeah that was a jump. So is David the only person that, that buys year to year? Because no. I know. Oh, you buy year to year too. I do. Okay, so I'm, I'm on the upgrade program. So it seems about split because that was that was going to be the thing that I thought about was there is there's always a conversation one about you know reusability you know being eco friendly. Apple wants to be completely carbon neutral by twenty whatever, uh, like most companies now. And I I think about that now, especially given one of the news pieces recently about a a device that was still for sale, you know, three years ago that won't be able to run Ventura. Um, I, I, I say all this because I, it, it's interesting to see that at a Mac enthusiast collective like this, not everyone is saying I will buy every device, you know, I'm going to stand in line and get all the devices. So it seems like Apple is doing good to say our devices are, good enough to run three, four years, but not everything is or not all the different facets that they sell. I don't know. I I, I just think well, about it in that way sometimes. Jay, true confession. I used to be buying iPhones almost you know, every year or every other year, you know, based on uh, on an upgrade cycle. Uh, and then with the seven that stopped because it just seemed that, the improvements were so minimal until you got to like three generations really to see a significant enough improvement in, in the camera and other capabilities and ditto for the Macs until, until they've come out with uh, you know, their own, uh, you know, it's, it's been eight years between my 2013 Intel based uh, iMac and sorry, MacBook air. And, you know, when I bought uh, this uh, M1 based MacBook air. So, um, May, will things pick up? Maybe you know now that they're better in in control of their processor roadmap. But I think by and far, a lot of the improvement is pretty minimal because uh, they've gotten so damn you know fast and efficient that uh, you really don't get a lot by upgrading every year. You know, it seems sort of, uh, seems like the four K to eight K. Uh, discussion. A lot of people are like, "Oh, when eight when's eight K going to be readily available?" It's like, who cares? Like. 8K is yeah. not going to give you the the more clarity. Like your eyes You're talking can't talking about 8K video. Like, yeah, like 8K video on smaller screens. You have people that are just clamoring for this, and it's like you're not. It 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 doesn't really matter. Oh, like I, yeah, I have, yeah, I have I have a 3K monitor. When am I going to get an 8K computer for it? <laughs> <laughs> um, in the chat room, uh, a bunch of comments here. Um, uh, Brad says he has a 12 Pro Max. Brian says a 13 Mini. Web has a 13 Pro Max. Um, uh, Eric says he weeps for the iPod. He's one of the few who still use one. Not sure that's true, Eric. I think a lot of people still use them. But Brad poses an interesting question, and, and I'm going to repeat it here. Um, which had the greater change to society, the world, and the world? Either the Mac in 1984 with the graphical user interface or the iPhone with the mobile world 
The iPhone. Uh, I think the iPhone. iPhone. The iPhone, easily. Yeah, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. As much as I, as much as I love the Mac, and it certainly there was a big shift there. The iPhone was amazing. The iPhone was the first time where originally the price point was static. Everybody had the same phone. Everybody had the same device. And by doing that, I think it sent a message that everyone should have the ability to have access to computing devices, be it a computer, be it a phone, be it, you know, a Raspberry Pi or whatever. But saying that, you know, NBA superstar buys the same iPhone that, you know, the president buys, which is the same iPhone that, you know, somebody buys for their high school kid who's, you know, going off to camp or whatever. Like everybody deserves quality computing experiences. Amen. Hey, Andrew Orr is here. Andrew, welcome. It's good to have you. Hey, I know I'm late, but I'm also still glad to be here. I'm delighted to have you. We're we're about to get into the last story of the evening, but um, I think it's a fun one, and um, you, I will be anxious to hear what you have to say about it. And I'm throwing it into the chat room right now, um, into both chat rooms. But this was the uh, the nine to five Mac story about Cantar Brand Z uh, evaluation that uh, shows Apple has retained uh, or, or regained the most valuable brand designation in the world, um, and I've. I thought this was interesting. I mean, part of it, it, it bothers me a little bit that there's no quantif- serious quantification here in this article, or for that matter, on the uh, on the Cantar site. And I'm going to throw that in the chat rooms as well. But, you know, given the fact that somehow Apple, you know, Apple, and when you look at Apple brands and the other top brands, I think kind of hard pressed to argue that they are definitely top brands. Um, and so this is one of those things that I think speaks so much to our discussions every it seems like we covered every other week about stock prices and the analysts you know jumping things up and down constantly this has to be one of apple's biggest assets is is their brand recognition and perception of quality anybody mm-hmm. disagree with that apple has spent literally decades cultivating that very thing of course this is important for them this this is a, a key part of who, of who they are uh, when when you buy an iphone you're buying apple when you buy a new mac you're buying apple what kind of watch do you wear on your wrist an apple watch uh it's it's all about the brand in, in that sense um now with this um uh study it's been a while since i've had to look at some of these because uh you know i'm i'm not writing the news anymore i can't remember if cantar is doing this based on uh user surveys or customer surveys i mean or if they're doing this uh based on uh uh industry participant surveys you know like fortune does i can answer that um uh, yeah, Cantar has been having this for you know a long time, and uh, uh, I'm sure you know <laughs> next couple of days you know we'll hear uh, Ken Ray talk about it um, because they have an absolutely proprietary methodology. So I don't know if it's uh, you know monkeys at typewriters or apes and chimpanzee throwing darts at dartboards, um, but 
they're doing this clearly as a promotional piece because everybody, as you know, based on <laughs> discussion of you know the repair article and other articles on this show, everybody's interested in Apple. So it's a free way to get uh, you know attention, just sort of like you know people you know leverage off of uh, you know get returns like Warren Buffett. You know you want to be rich, you mention Warren Buffett's name. So you know just you mention Apple and branding, and right away you know people are going to start to pay attention to you. So Cantar is in the brand consulting business, right? And you dig you dig into what they do. So everyone, you know, if if you see the link and you see you can get it for download, be wary. You'll you'll have to you'll have to register, um, but you can't download it. You know, if you do as if you try to print it as a PDF, you can't print it as a PDF. They've sorry, they've you know they've uh, effed up all the uh, JavaScript. You know, you can save it. So we'll save it as a web page, which basically you know saves about two hundred four teeny tiny little JPEG images, which is what the presentation is if you view it in the browser, which is absolutely horrible to look at because everything is too small. So, um, you know, as a user experience, <laughs> I think the headline is, you know, it is the sex and the sizzle. Reading through it, they claim that somehow they measure, uh, you know, some gazillion number of data points about consumers' interests, uh, you know, to try to figure out what the brand is worth. This Mac Voices Live panel is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about Apple's retaking the Top Brand Recognition Award and what that really means and how it's measured and how it's decided. And there are some questions that are asked that really have no good answers. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by CashFly at CashFly.com.